want to lift those needs up uh, to the Lord and believe God with you this morning. Amen. So if you have a pressing need, an urgent need, we need God to move right now. Is that you uh, on my right-hand side over here? Would you just slip your hand up? I'll recognize you. Yes. Amen. Let's remember Les, his family. God knows every need. Amen. Amen. Anyone else on this side? Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Let's remember Melbourne Brown, Brother Eldon's brother. So let's pray for him. A lot of pain. Anyone else? Amen. 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 You have maybe you have an unspoken need. You just slip your hand up. Unspoken request. Amen. 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 Lost loved ones. Any lost loved ones? Amen. Let's lift them up before the Lord. I believe God's doing a great work in these in this turmoil. I believe we're going to see God do some great things. Let's pray together and let's believe God for these needs tonight, for these loved ones that are lost and and prepare our heart to worship him tonight heavenly father lord we love you we just thank you again lord for the privilege lord of coming to your house god to honor you to worship you lord god and father we thank you for the privilege of prayer lord god made possible by your son jesus christ lord god who reconciled us to you gave us access to the throne of grace tonight we come before you lord god in the mighty name of jesus lord father we lift up our needs to you today lord god father we pray that you'll minister lord every hand that was raised every unspoken request lord god we lift up to you tonight lord god and we believe you lord for you're a mighty god there's nothing too hard for you lord you care about every situation every burden every need lord god and father tonight we ask you to move every situation, God, that you would intervene, Lord. Father, that you would move in a mighty way, that you would minister and meet needs, Lord, in the lives of your people today. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. We pray for less. This family, Lord God, in Alaska, Lord, you know their need tonight, Lord God. They need you to move right now in their situation, Lord, in their family, God. We lift them up to you and we pray that you would have your way. God, that you would do a great work in that family, that you would reveal yourself in a mighty way, Lord God, and meet their every need, Lord God. Father, we thank you today, Lord. Father, we ask you to touch Brother Eldon's brother, Melbourne, Lord God. Father, he's in a lot of pain from this surgery, God. We lift him up to you. We pray that you'll touch him tonight, that you would even go right now to the root of the source of that pain, God, and that you would minister your healing, God. Release it even now. God, we praise you for it. We thank you for it today. You're a healing God, Lord, and we love you today, Lord God. Oh, thank you for your touch. Father, we lift up our lost loved ones to you, Lord God. Many hands, God, raised tonight. Lord, representing many lost souls, Lord, in our very own families, God. We lift them up to you. We call them by name, and we claim them for the kingdom of God, Lord. We pray that you would work right now in their life, in their situation, that you would begin to soften that heart, that you would begin to draw them. God, draw them by your Holy Spirit and bring them to the place that they would call upon your name. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. Bring them in, Lord. Bring them in, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Lord. Now we pray, God, Lord, as we offer our worship up to you, Lord, we just ask you, Lord, oh, to fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. God, that you would touch us and minister your strength. Lord, encouragement, Lord God, let us sense your presence afresh in this place. Be glorified, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stand, if you will, and worship the Lord with us tonight. Hallelujah.
I will take your song and use it as an arrow in my hand. 
I will take your song and I will use it to disperse that heaviness that is trying to bog you down. I will take your song of praise and faith in the midnight hour. And I will use that to disrupt the plans of the evil one and to bring forth the light and the revelation of the Lord your God. I will use your song of praise to rout your enemies and to bring forth my will in your life, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you. Many things in Scripture, one thing has different, different uses, different uses for it. You know, you can pray the Word. You can believe the Word. You can be directed by the Word. Your song can bless the heart of God, and your song can disrupt the forces of darkness. Your song can bring worship, or your song can be used as spiritual warfare. I mean, old Jehoshaphat, they just sang. They didn't have any sense but to sing and walk towards the enemy. Amen. There were no sign from God. They had no special, you know, sign. God didn't shake anything. They just believed the promise of God, went forth singing. And as they sung, God went to work and attacked their enemy. So there's different things. And sometimes God says, listen, don't wait till you see something. Sing now. Don't, don't wait till maybe something starts looking better and you get excited. No, no. Sing in the midst of it all and let that song not only bless the Lord, let it attack and work against the forces of hell that are trying to take your life. Amen? God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good to have everybody out on Wednesday night Bible study. If you'd go to Acts 16, we want to continue. We are doing a short Bible study in Acts 16. And this is the founding of the church at Philippi. We, we had spent some four or five months on Sunday mornings preaching through that book. And then we said, well, let's stop on Wednesday, and let's go and look at the background of that book. Many times we can, we can be in awe when we see the results of something. We can look at the finished product of something and say, wow, isn't that, isn't that great? I wish I could, or I would really like to have. But we fail to understand the price that was paid to get that. We, we, fail, we fail to go back and study what that man or woman of God had to go through in order to establish that. And so we love Philippians. Like we said, hey, I can do all things through Christ. That's Philippians. My God shall supply all my needs. That's Philippians. He that began a good work in me, he shall complete it. That's Philippians. And we love the story. We love the Scriptures. We love the Revelation. But if Paul doesn't press through, if Paul doesn't fight the good fight here to establish that work, we get none of that. And so again, we're looking back and we're trying to say, Lord, Lord, teach us from your servant. Because many times we get caught up in the dream and we get caught up in the end product, but we forget that there is a battle to fight to get there. And it doesn't always come easy. And too many quit before the dream becomes a reality. Too many give up and they don't know how close they are to seeing that breakthrough that they so longed for. So if you would, Acts 16, let's go to, let's go to verse 16. Let's start there. Let's start there. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who by, had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. The girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. She was harassing them. She was baiting them, discouraging them, discrediting them, trying to hinder them. She kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so troubled, he turned around and he said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. Now, we taught that last time. This is the new stuff. Most of us would think, at that point, with such a demonstration of power and compassion, revival would start. Great things would happen. <laughs> How many of you things don't always work out like you imagined? Amen? Have you found that out in life? All right. Because the Bible says in verse 19, when the owners of the slave girl realized their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to face authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrate ordered them to be stripped and beaten. 
after they had been severely flogged, severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. All right. We're talking about the background in the birth of this church. What it took to establish this church. Again, let's remember, if, if Paul doesn't endure these things, if Paul doesn't pay the price, if he doesn't give the sacrifice and the effort, this church does not get built. A lot of ministries don't come to fulfillment. A lot of works do not be accomplished. A lot of promises never come to pass. But somewhere along the fight of faith, the perseverance of faith is laid aside. This church doesn't get built. This letter doesn't get written. This wonderful revelation doesn't get communicated to our hearts all these years later. Things fail to come to pass when God's servants do not continue and endure. Things fail to come to pass when God's servants. You you can't have a good ranger missionettes program unless someone has an enduring spirit to make it happen. Amen? You're not going to have a good Sunday school department if someone doesn't get that burden and go the extra mile to prepare and to recruit and to go the extra mile. These things that we see don't come by accident. They come by someone getting the burden from God, getting the Word from God. But then it just doesn't fall into place because hell stops them and and life isn't always easy and working with you. But those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Those that have heard from God and like Paul will endure even the difficulties and the and the misunderstandings. I mean, really, for casting out a demon and setting a poor girl free, he gets beaten. I mean, he's a Roman citizen and they don't even think about that and he's treated so. And so we're thinking here. We're thinking here. We said we started out. Number one, we said, at times it takes effort to discern the will of God. At times. That was the first point back a few weeks ago. And we looked back at verses 6 through 10. And we said this whole thing started as Paul was seeking God. And he started going here and the Bible says the Spirit stopped him. All right, back up. He started going here. The Spirit of the Lord stopped him. He backed back up. Amen? Humility in that man of God. He had enough humility that when God said hold it, he could, he could readjust it. He probably seeks the Lord and he gets that vision. The Macedonian man. Amen? Come and help us. And they begin to go there. So at times it takes effort. So this whole church begins, a man sought God to get the mind of God. We start a lot of things just because it's exciting or we get moved by the emotion. But the first thing we need to do here is the voice of God. We need to take the extra time, make sure we hear from God. And so we talked about um, to develop that hearing ear. To have a receptive heart, to have a trained ear, an appliable spirit, a willing obedience, seeking God and waiting on God and being humble enough to be redirected by God if we start going down the wrong pathway. And we all have. Come on, say amen. Isn't that right? Meaning well. He meant well. He was following the light he had. God said, go to the Gentiles. He was going to the Gentiles. He was going to get there later, but it wasn't God's time. And God stopped him. He could have got frustrated. He could have said, well, I'm just going to press on through. And, you know, but good thing he knew the difference between when the enemy's fighting you and you got to fight back or God saying stop and you got to step back. And so we have to seek, wait, be humble enough to be redirected and then obedient enough. That when the word comes, we'll step out and we'll obey it. Sometimes we don't like to be redirected. I mean, we might look like we don't got it all together. You know what I mean? Humble pie. You know, people's going to think I don't know. Well, go ahead. We all know each other well enough. Amen. But then sometimes when God does speak, I'm kind of comfortable, Lord. This is kind of good here. Oh, to be that man or woman of God. Take someone that'll go when God says go and stop when God says stop. That'll even be humble enough to say, I missed it if I missed it. And if you ain't missed it, you haven't walked with God yet. Because we all had an apple out of that sack. Isn't that right? We don't like to admit it, but we've all been there. So, at times, it takes effort to discern God's will. Then secondly, the second point was, and even when we discern it and we obey God's will, opposition is a reality. Just because you have, like, he had a vision from God. Come and help us. I mean, it couldn't get any clearer than that. God is in this. This is going to go good. Amen? Well, it did for a while. I mean, things started out good. Remember, um, God opens up Lydia's heart. And then Lydia opens up her home. And he begins to get the beginnings of a church. But then all of a sudden, this demon-possessed girl 
Anytime you start to make some progress in God, the enemy will try to harass. He'll try to hinder. He'll try to discredit. He'll try to frustrate. I mean, again, one might think after that wonderful act of God's mercy and power that a revival might break forth. But instead, he gets falsely arrested. He gets brutally beat up on and imprisoned. Wow. Things don't always turn out the way we thought they would. And that brings us to our point tonight. The enemy doesn't quit after one setback. So get ready for his counterattack. Yeah, that girl came out and she was harassing and she was hindering. Finally, Paul said, enough is enough. He spoke to that spirit in Jesus' name. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We would have thought breakthrough. Not so fast. The enemy has a counterattack. So that's what we want to look at tonight. The enemy doesn't quit after one setback. So get ready for the counterattack. You know, it's like I was reading the other day in my devotions. Remember when Moses, the first time he went to Pharaoh? It was exciting. He had met the burning God in the burning bush. He heard the voice of God, the sign, throw the stick down, throw your hand out. It's exciting. Miracles, signs and wonders. He was pumped up. God's sending me. He goes to the elders. Remember, they got all pumped up about it too. Isn't that right? They're all ready. We're getting out of here. Isn't that true? And what happened? The first time he goes to Pharaoh, in the name of the Lord, let my people go. What happened? Didn't let him go, did he? In fact, he beat to get, you're lazy. He says, I'm going to give you more. Things got worse. Here, Moses, I got a word from God. I've seen signs and wonders. I'm getting ready. Pharaoh said, not so fast. The devil just don't, he don't lay over dead just because we've had one encounter with God. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Look if you would, Luke 4 and 13. Luke 4 and 13. Remember, the enemy doesn't quit. You want to get your life straight with God, trust me, the devil's not going to roll down and die. You're going to have to fight that fight of faith. You're going to have to make up your mind, come um, hell or high water, I'm going on with God. I don't care if I lose my business, I lose my wife, I can lose everything, but I'm staying close to Jesus. Amen? And if you don't have that determination of spirit, chances are you're not going to make it, because hell will fight you. He doesn't want you saved. Let's get that straight. He doesn't want you blessed, and He certainly doesn't want you fulfilling God's will. So you have to make up your mind. This is a fight of faith. It's not a picnic of faith. And I am determined. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. Now, this is from the life of Jesus. He got done dealing with the devil. I mean, no one could deal with that devil like Jesus, right? I mean, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus knew the Word. He was the Word. Jesus spoke that Word. And the Bible says, finally, when the devil had finished all his tempting, he got defeated every time, he left him until... Someone say until. See, so you can have a great victory over hell. You can see a great breakthrough. You can see that answer to prayer come celebrate it, rejoice over it, but don't think or equate it to the fact that the enemy is not coming back at another time, at another date, to try to disrupt you one more time. Until an opportune time. And so we have to recognize that just because I have one victory, I can't let down my shield of faith. I, I can't begin to get slothful in my Christian convictions and in my Christian devotions. I've got to stay strong. Because the enemy will return. The enemy will put our obedience to the test. His goal is to cause us to walk by feelings and not by faith. Think about that. Gets us in that arena of the emotions. Man, we're on his turf. We're on his turf. But God calls us to, to endure. Endure hardship. We can't always avoid hardship. It's nice when we can. But sometimes endure hardship. Don't just endure it. Endure it like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2 and 3. 2 Timothy 2 and 3. Now it's true if we'll walk according to the Word and we'll apply the principles of God's Word, we can limit the negative things. We can walk in a greater measure of blessing. But the fact remains, in this world, until Jesus comes, there will be hardships, there will be challenges. Our faith will be tested. Jesus, here it is. Paul writes, endure... Hardship. Don't run from it. Don't give up because of it. Don't make excuses. Don't try to be in denial of it. Amen? You can't pray if you're in denial of it. You can't claim the Word and speak the Word if you're in denial over it. You've got to endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ. Don't just endure it. I see some people enduring it, but it wasn't so much like a good soldier. It was like more of a spoiled kid. And, I'm not going to, you know, hold their breath. Amen? They're going to hold their breath on God. God can hold His breath a lot longer than we can hold ours. But no, endure hardship. Because hardships will come. 
And when they come, just make up your mind. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to stay sweet in the Spirit. And I'm going to stand on God's Word. And I'm going to go forward. Under the circumstances, it might only be an inch each day, but it won't be backwards, I'll tell you that much. Fixing my eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher. So endure hardship. When hardship comes your way, don't deny it. Don't try to run from it. Don't use an excuse to blame the world for your frustration. Just endure it. How? Like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. They can keep the joy and sing in the midnight hour. Amen? Paul is going to show us that in a few verses. They can continue on loving Jesus even when it seems like serving Jesus brought you more heartache than than it did heavenly reward. I mean, he obeys the Lord and gets thrown in prison and beaten. Most people be sending in their ordination, Brother Sam, that you can have it. Amen? If this is what I get for serving the Lord, you you, you can take it. I mean, I'm in jail. I'm just not dignified. But Paul endured hardship. Endured the hardship. Now, the two weapons the enemy would try to used to keep you and I from advancing when he's counterattacking. Remember, God desires to bless you. But from that blessing from where we are, the enemy will try to hinder and frustrate us. So we make up our minds that we're going through. We're pressing through. We might get knocked down. We're going to get back up. Amen? We might zig when we should have zagged, but we're going to get back up. Say, Lord, forgive me. I'm getting back in this thing. Amen? But remember, these two areas that the enemy, he'll try to work on us. Number one is the emotions. Well, first one is the emotions. The enemy to pull us into the arena of the emotions. It's so easy in that arena to doubt, to begin double-minded, to second-guess, to be discouraged, to get fearful or angry or complaining. Is this what I get? Could you see Paul in that prison? I mean, I've seen Christians go through, I mean, I've seen Christians go through a lot less and complain a lot more, haven't you? Come on. You can say amen. You're among friends. I mean, you know, we all know each other. Oh, yeah. I've seen people, I didn't get the promotion. I don't want to serve God anymore. I deserve that. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up, for heaven's sakes. Paul got beat. Paul got whipped for obeying the Lord. Knock it off. Amen? Yeah, yeah. He's trying to raise up men and women for God. We're looking back at what made it so easy. I want God to use me, do you? Are you willing to pay the price? He'll take for him to use you. He'll break you. He'll break you. He'll expose you. He'll humble you. He'll bring you to that place where you, Lord, whatever you want. But if you're willing to pay that price, He will use you. If you're willing to give God your best, He'll take that as an offering and He'll put it in His hand and He'll use your life. Oh, yes, He will. So the emotions, the emotions. Oh, Lord, guard that emotion. And then the second one is exhaustion. The goal of the adversary is often to wear down the saints. Wear down the saints. Paul writes Galatians 6 and 9. This is familiar, but let's look at this together. This is so important as you and I fight the fight of faith. We need the ability to bounce back. We need the ability to bounce back. Whether you look at the world of business or athletics or the military, you name it. The ability to bounce back. The, the ability to really lay an egg, as they say, really have a terrible, but, but not to let it defeat you, not to let it identify you, and not to let it label you, but to be willing to get up and get right and press back in with God. Because the enemy will try to wear you down, break your spirit. You, you lose your fight, you lose your joy. You, you, you lose that. And so, you need the ability to bounce back and keep focused, even when we've been hit. Don't get carnal, knocked off course. Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time or the due season, we will reap if we don't give up. He warns us about growing weary. Because God says, listen, in due time I have a harvest. But in order for you to get to that harvest or blessing, you've got to overcome the temptation to grow weary. And the enemy will try to get you weary in your morals. Get you weary in your praise. Get you weary in your devotion. To break you weary so after a while you're just going through the motions and you're walking in fumes. Watch your weariness. I think it was Coach Lombardi that said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. You know when you're tired, it's easy to get grumbly. You know when you're tired, it's easy to give up. Anybody? Anyone? Am I the only one? When you're tired, it's a, forget it. 
When you're tired, I don't know why in the world I even thought about it. When you're tired, you know, that's when you say what you shouldn't say, did what you shouldn't. Anyone? No, I think I, I thought I was talking to the right church. I, maybe I took a wrong turn. I just that's where we're at here. So do listen, do the things, do the things that help you stay hydrated spiritually. Do the things that help you stay hydrated spiritually so you won't grow weary. Because we pass out when we get dehydrated. Isn't that right? I pass out my self-control. And I, I said what I shouldn't have said because I got dehydrated spiritually. I gave up and I said, forget it. When I should have stood on the Word of God and trusted God and believed for that breakthrough. But I got weary. So I have to do things that keep me hydrated. I can still remember. I don't think you ever remember them. You never forget them drill sergeants in the military. You know, they, they're coming from a different breed. They, 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 they come out of a different place. But I can still remember them out in the desert and they'd be saying, they say, drink your water. Drink your water. I don't care if you're thirsty or not. Didn't ask you if you were thirsty. Drink your water. You see, you're drinking right now. You might not even be thirsty. See, I'm doing things that keep me hydrated. Because when hell attacks, you don't got time to run for the Gatorade. Amen? Yeah, I'm doing, well, we, we, get, we stay in the Word consistently. We stay fellowshipping with the family of God consistently. We stay our prayer time consistently. We serve consistently because, again, if I'm not exercising, I'm not growing. You know, if you don't use a muscle, you lose a muscle. If you don't exercise gifts of the Spirit, if you don't exercise serving others, you won't grow stronger. And so we do those things. We don't just wait till we're thirst. We don't wait till we're feeling dehydrated and we got the headache and we're starting to get done. No, don't wait then. We live a life that stays hydrated. We come. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And we live lives that come and drink from that river. We live lives. We're not waiting to be under the gun. Every day we're going to feed on that Word. Every day we're going to draw near to God and praise Him and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Every day we're going to join the people of God when they gather so we can encourage one another. Every day I stay hydrated so I don't grow weary. It's one of the biggest dangers. Wasn't that God is not faithful? Wasn't that the promise was not from God? It's God's servants got weary alone. Along the way, we get weary. It's easy to grumble. God, why are you taking so long? God, why are you doing it like this? When we get weary, it's easy to begin to get fearful. Again, I get more. You know, when you're feeling good, you're courageous, isn't it right? You're feeling good. Bring on Goliath. Come on, bring him on. I'm feeling good. When you get tired, it's like forget it, man. I, you, you can have it. Esau. Remember Esau? He sold his birthright. Am I got, I got that right? He got exhausted, didn't he? He got weary, didn't he? And so he sold the most valuable thing he had. Because when we're weary and we're fatigued and we're tired, we'll sacrifice the most precious things for the convenient things. Let us not become weary. So that tells me if I'm going to receive the due season blessing, if I'm going to enter into what God has for me, I have to go through the process of the perseverance of faith. I have to recognize if God is warning me not to become weary, then it's a possibility that I can become weary. And so I want to overcome weariness. How am I going to do that? I'm going to do the things that keep me spiritually hydrated now. Isn't that right? You know, if I got a temptation in a certain area, I don't mess with that thing. I go as far away from that thing as I can. You, you, you go the extra mile. See, you prepare your life for victory, not defeat. Which means I have to be, what's the, we like to use, intentional living. How, how, the key to successful Christian living is not accidental living, but intentional living. I'm intentionally working at staying strong in God. It's keeping hydrated. Now, if I do that, you know what? I'll have endurance. When the enemy tries to wear us down, you know, I don't ever played sports, all right? Ever played sports? The coaches, they'll wear you out. They'll wear you out because who's ever in better shape, typically, when it comes to that fourth quarter, they got an extra gear they can go into. Whoever is, the, the ones that wear out, they start losing their fight. They start losing their discipline. They start losing. Why? Because they're tired. You know that. They get fatigued on the court. All of a sudden, we're missing the shots. All of a sudden, we're not moving like we ought to move. Why? Because they grow weary. They, they were out of shape. They... Emotions and exhaustion 
Look at Acts 11, 22 and 23. We just bring this out to show that the early church was taught to expect and properly respond to these things. Last week we looked at Acts 14 where, where, where the apostles warned the early church through much tribulation we go through it to enter the kingdom. They did not play with the early church. They did not throw them a picture that was unrealistic. They warned them, you're going to go through things, but don't you back up. Don't you let go. You stay firm in the Lord. And here it is. News of this reached their ears. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. Souls are getting saved. Barnabas is going to check things out. And when he arrived and he saw evidence, there's going to be evidence. When it's real, there's some evidence. Amen. Evidence of the grace of God. And he was glad. And what did he do? He encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. What he's saying is, listen, what you got is real. The Jesus you met is real. But there's an enemy that's going to come and try to wear you down. He's going to try to discourage you along the way. He's going to try to distract you. But you know what? Here it is. You just remain true to the Lord with all your heart. You might not know everything. Just stay true to Jesus. You might not understand every little bit about the book of Revelation. You stay true to Jesus. Amen? You might not have your act together good. None of us got our act together. Isn't that right? Everyone's under construction. We're all in the process of becoming. But listen, very careful. But stay true to Jesus. You might not know Greek, Hebrew, or Italian. But if you stay true to Jesus, when the smoke clears, you'll be standing with Him. Can you say amen? So he's saying here, don't give up. If you don't quit, you can't lose. Receive refreshing for your weariness. Receive refreshing for your weariness. Can I suggest to you sometimes it's not because the devil's so bad, it's that we're so weak. Let me explain that. I don't want to sound like I'm being critical. I'm just going to explain that. Sometimes not because the devil's so bad, but we're so weak. Back in the day when I could run around the block, all right, we're talking bygone era, okay, the bygone era. Um, two miles was always two miles. Two miles never changed. There are times I could have run it backwards and not lost a, nothing. There were other times going forward about a mile and a half. <gasps> I'd be, oh Lord, take me home right now, Jesus. Just, 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 I'm like Enoch, man. I'm going up them stairs, brother. Amen. I'm just ready to. That two miles didn't change, did it? What happened? I changed. I was out of shape. There are times when you're in shape, you see. Sometimes we think, no, no, out there, sometimes sometimes the devil hasn't changed at all. We've grown weak. Think about it. You watch the young guys. I like seeing the young guys when they start working out the weights. It's exciting. And they're all excited about it. And you see them getting in there. And, and you know, you can see, I remember my, my little one when he first started out, um, you know, he, he barely, you know, I mean, you know, 100 pounds, 100 pounds was, you know, whoo, that was a big deal, 100 pounds, man, we're going to. We're going to celebrate it Friday. We're going to have, you know, go to Chili's after this. If we get 100 pounds on that bench, we're going to do it, man. Amen? 100 pounds, 100 pounds. But you know, 100 pounds still 100 pounds, but now we can do it with one arm. <laughs> 100 pounds hasn't changed. He's changed. He's grown. He's gotten stronger. So many times we're looking for the enemy to grow weaker. It had nothing to do with him getting weaker. It's about us staying strong and becoming stronger. And then we can handle those things. Amen? Oh, yeah. It used to always make you, you know, you couldn't stand those guys that could run forever. You know, they could just run. It seems like you never got tired. They go three, four miles. You know, the rest of us say, Lord, somebody kick him. Amen. Someone just, you know, and they could just, but they had endurance. They had endurance. And sometimes, again, it's not that the enemy is so much stronger. It's that we haven't stayed as strong as we should be. Refresh. Receive refreshing for your weariness. Wait upon the Lord. Stay around the faith-filled. Believe God's Word over man's Word. Refuse to waver in your commitment. And then I scribbled this one in pencil the other day. Even when you don't feel it, show your emotions who's running your life. Even when you don't feel it, show your emotions who's running your life. Sometimes those emotions, man, they, they're, they're bad counselors. Amen? Yeah, they're, they're, they're bad governors. They're, they're, no, 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 no. We rule by faith, by the Word of God. Show your emotions who's running that life. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God forevermore. Very quickly. Let's just look. Well, no, I got time. Good. I got time. You're not going anywhere. All right. Mark 4. Mark 4, 14 through 17. Very quickly. So um, we got what? Emotions. 
Exhaustion. How about this one, the third one, the positive? Exercise to develop your faith. This is not so much that two miles is any longer. It's just that we're not in the shape we once were. It's not that 100 pounds is ever any heavier. We've just grown weaker because we're not hydrated. We're not staying strong. So we want to exercise and develop our faith. We want to get some roots in our spiritual man. Get rooted. Get rooted. Remember Jesus told this story. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, and here's the one I want to focus on tonight. Others like seed sown on rocky places. Hear the word, and at once they receive it with joy. There's some emotion there, amen? Emotions are tricky things. They can be good, they can be not so good. They received it, but there, it was more an emotion, okay? Emotion, received it with joy, 17. But since, here it is, they had no root. The problem was not in the word. The problem was in the root. The problem was not in the seed. The problem was in the root. But since they had no root, they last only a short time. The ability to endure comes from being rooted in Christ. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of God, he stands when his sinner sits, he is scornful, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In the law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by, you see. They, they, they bear fruit, amen? Those leaves aren't withering. Why? There's a rootedness. The, the roots go down deep, bring stability to a life. The roots that go down deep can tap into the rivers in the waters that flow. So even above, when there's a dry time above, they're tapping into water below. Can you say amen? There, there's something about the roots. And then because the roots are bringing in, they're not weary. You know, see, they're not getting dehydrated. They're getting, they, they, they bring shade and they bring fruitfulness to their world. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. But if we'll get rooted, we can last a long time. If we'll get rooted in Christ, we can endure. But this person, Jesus said, when trouble, persecution comes because of the Word, because of the Word, they quickly fall away. They fell away because they weren't rooted. A rooted tree versus a tumbleweed. <laughs> I remember years ago, I, had a, I read an article, I think it was Steve Hill, and he wrote about tumbleweed Christians. It was one of the funniest ones. It was funny. At one time, you want to cry and say, Lord, you know, well, I want to get saved all over again. On the other hand, you want to laugh because of tumbleweed. They, it's kind of never stability. Always blowing here and blowing there. Typically leading, leaving behind a zillion seeds of discontent and blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. As opposed to a tree whose roots go down deep. Amen. And they're stable and secure. Hallelujah. All right. Two more verses. First Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. And we'll finish this up. And we'll finish this up. There are thought for this point. The enemy doesn't quit after one setback. So get ready for his counterattack. God loves you and God has good things for you. But we're not being biblical nor honest if we tell you that you're not going to have to fight the good fight of faith to achieve it and to embrace it. That the enemy will try to hinder you and distract you and defeat you. So, number one, you've got to get the mind of God and know God speaks to you. Number two, you've got to realize He's going to try to wear you out, so you're going to try to get hydrated and get rooted and get in the Word and get in the fellowship of the church and build a solid prayer life. Amen? So you can go through those hard times and not be broken down and not be given into exhaustion. And you can learn how to stand in the Word of God so you're not always being moved by the emotion of the thing. Here's a couple of verses as we exercise and develop our faith so we can go through things. Again, many people at this point would have said enough is enough. You know the end of the story. Most of you know what's going to come next week. In the middle of being falsely arrested, treated like a common criminal, physically beaten, severely beaten, instead of Paul giving up, instead of Paul copying an attitude. You know the story, right? He says, Silas, let's have a singling. Come on, say amen. Let's, let's give God some praise. Amen? No, no, don't worry about calling your congressman. He don't praise God. We want to call. We want to lift up the name of Jesus. Here, right here. Now, right now. It's midnight. Don't make any difference. We're in jail. Who cares about the circumstance? He's worthy in the good times. He's worthy in the bad. And, and that's where... That's, but how many know that many people 
aren't going to respond like Paul. But if Paul doesn't respond like that, the church won't get established. Paul doesn't respond like that. That thing lasted for a little while and kind of smolders. There's a story for every successful thing you see in life. There's a story behind it. There's a sacrifice behind it. There's a faith. Even if people aren't believers, there's a type of faith behind it. You look at any entrepreneur. You look at any. There's something. You look at any athlete. I think it was old Joe Frazier. Remember Joe Frazier? Little kid. I used to like Joe Frazier. Joe. You know, I used to. I liked him for his name. You know, when you're seven, when you're seven or eight, you pick you, you pick people funny when you're seven or eight. Hey, he's got my name. Amen. He, he had a short reach like me. I said, I like him. I like him. All right. I think it was Joe Frazier that one time said that the, the championship isn't one in the ring. It's one at five in the morning doing the road work all by yourself in the streets of South Philly or wherever he was from. And there's something about that. You see where we're getting at? So let's look at these two verses as we develop our faith. But thanks be to God. He gives us. The victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through Jesus, we have the victory through Jesus. God gives us the victory now just because he gives it doesn't mean some things won't try to hinder us from embracing it. Amen. Next verse. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Now, if we were doing one of those cute little seminars, little teaching things on a Saturday morning and you had a notebook. And you, I, I, you'd have your blank sheet of paper to have three lines. And I'd say, can you write down three things that tend to move you? Think about that. I want to grow in God. Amen? I don't want to go back up these stairs, so I'm taking it with me. Amen? <laughs> what are three things that tend to move you? If we can identify them, we can address them, we can overcome them. You know, some people have dealt with the same besetting sins for 30 years. My God, isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? To serve the one that raises the dead, and they're still dealing with the same thing? I think by now we, we could address it. We could identify it. You've got to identify it, right? It's hard to hit what you don't aim at. You know, you've got to aim. You've got to know what to aim at here. Can I identify it? I've got a problem with pride. First steps to identify it, amen? I got a problem with, I tend to quit real easy. I'm a, I quit. If I'm not happy, I quit. It's my pattern. Can, can I fill that in? Because I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to follow just the same cycle. We sing the same songs. We shout over the same prophecies. But when it's all said and done, we're still making the same circle. So though he gives us the victory through Jesus, and Jesus won it, grants it, but Paul warns us, listen, you got to stand firm now. Don't let anything move you. Because things will try to move you from your victory in the Lord. Things will try to move you from your growth and advancement in the Lord. Things will try to discourage your faith. Things will try to disrupt your consecration. You know you're trying to live holy. You're going the extra mile to live holy. And all of a sudden, I don't know, the layoff comes and you get laid off. And those bills pile up. Ah, what good was it? Went the extra mile trying to listen to the pure music. What's the difference? That guy living like that. And Note the things that move you. But we're all different, aren't we? I might have to battle with different things than you battle with. But if I can identify them, and I can address them. And if I can address them, I can overcome them by the power of God. Amen? Nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. So recognize the things that tend to move you so you can deal with them and overcome them. And three, four, five years from now, if we were to take this quiz again, you, those would not be the things you write down. Because they don't move you anymore. You've overcome them. Amen? You've, you've grown out of them. You've had victory over them. So, uh, and what moves us? But then secondly, not only am I going to identify what moves me, I am going to give a quality effort in my Christian experience. Always, always give yourselves fully, wholeheartedly to the work of the Lord. Wow. 
I'm going to identify the things that hinder me, but I'm going to make a determination. I'm giving God my best. Amen? I'm giving God, when I feel like it, when I don't feel like it, I'm giving God my best. Isn't that right? Listen, I learned a long time ago, I wasn't the prettiest. God knows I'm not the tallest, certainly not the smartest, not the smartest in my family. I'm number four. We only got four people in the family. But anyway, I'm not the smartest. Amen. I, I, I learned those things early. <laughs> my youngest one, he had hit about third grade, and I think um, um, he spelt the word. And I said, my Lord, he spelt that by, I can't spell that word. So I knew about then I was gone. I mean, forget it. I'm out just stay humble, sit in my corner. Good thing I was bigger than him back then. But anyhow, um, But one thing I learned, one thing I learned, I can be faithful and I can be tenacious in my Christian walk. Isn't that right? So many are so many, so many are so smarter. They're smarter, they're more gifted. You watch some, right, Sam, right? You watch some people ministering and say, man, 10 town, God gave that guy 25 and I'm struggling with my one and a half. But one thing I learned a long time ago, I can be faithful. I can work hard. I can work hard. I can work hard. Amen? I can give God my best. That's all I got to give. Amen? I can't sing. He didn't give me that gift. And you know that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, but I can give God my best. So I'm going to, number one, I'm gonna, nothing's going to move us. We're going to write down what moves us. We're going to address it. We're going to overcome it. <clears throat> and then we're going to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And this is one thing we know. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's never in vain. The devil is a liar, right? He'll say, hey, you're wasting your time. That, no, it's not a waste. It's not a waste. God remembers it and God honors it. And your labor in the Lord is never in vain. Amen. Don't forget that. Let's go to the next one, Jimmy. Let's go to that next one. We're going to finish up. I can't climb the stairs. We're going to finish up. We're going to get, let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what a, what, a great, what a great chapter. The first chapter of Jeremiah is one of the greatest chapters. And it's good that I'm not opening up because then we'd be here another 30 minutes. But it is such a... But, but Jimmy, if you wouldn't mind, go to verse 17 so we get a little, little, little context here. This is the first chapter of Jeremiah. Remember, we're exercising the developing of faith, a persevering faith. A faith that will see the dream become a reality. A faith that will enable you and I to go through the times of testings and opposition that, we're not, that marriage will be healed. Yeah, that ministry will become a reality. Let's see. We're going to have to press through. We're going to have to endure. But I'm going to exercise and stay hydrated so I can go through that process. And finally, like Paul, man, in prison in the midnight hour, that's not time to get serious with God. Amen? If you're not serious then, you look gone, man. You're gone. You're backsliding in that one, brother. It's over. If you're not, devotion isn't settled then. By that time, isn't that right? You're blaming everyone. You're blaming three pastors to go for your problems. I mean, you're just, you're just, no, no, no. We're exercising it now. We're not going to let things move us. We're going to identify the things that tend to move us, those begetting sins. We're going to identify them and overcome them because they're not going to move us forever. How about that? They're not going to move us forever. If Jesus gave us the victory, we can overcome those things. All right? And we are determined to give our best to God. Aha, we're not lacking. We're giving it all. We're giving our best. All right. But here's another one, wonderful one. Jeremiah, the tail end of this first chapter where he got his call. Remember that call? I knew you before you were born. Remember that? It's so powerful, right? It's one of the most precious things. I knew you and I called you, made you a prophet to the nations. This is the tail end of that. He's getting ready to send them out. And God says, get yourself ready. Stand up. You say to them, Whatever I command you. Do not be terrified of them or I will terrify you before them. God's saying, you're going to go. It's not always going to be easy. But don't you dare turn back. Next one. Today I have made you. What God is saying says, I've made you all you need to be to do my will. I made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall. I've made you a strong man or woman. I've made you strong enough to go through whatever life takes you through. If you're in my will, I've made you strong enough to go through whatever life brings you through. God said, I know what I put in you. And I'm not going to lead you down a path that I know I didn't give you the goods to go through it. Today I've made you. God says, today somebody, I've made you with the ability to go through what you're going through and go through it like a child of God. I've given you what you need to go through that present trial and to go through it like a child of God. 
Give you what you need. You're going to stand against the whole land. He had quite a, now he had a tough calling, right? His calling. I mean, no one's lining up for that call. Amen. He's pretty much saying you're going to preach and they're going to reject you. And I mean, that's, that's not, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear that. All right, man. But I love that. Here's the verse 19. Here's verse 19. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you, declares the Lord. And I've got to read this. I think it was Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon that said, he wrote down this thought for Jeremiah. Hang with me and then we'll close it up. But I pray that God will stir our hearts because there's so many blessings that are just beyond, that are just beyond. And Spurgeon would write, conflict, inevitable. Conflict, inevitable. He says, they will fight against you. If you're called of God, if you're doing the will of God, guess what? The world, the enemy, will fight against you. Conflict inevitable, but defeat impossible. Because God just said, but will not overcome you. God be for us, who can be against us? Why? Number three, an alliance invincible. For I am with you and will rescue you, saith the Lord. Father, we love you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, we want to fulfill your will and your desire for our lives. We want to be men and women that you can use in this present hour. Father, we do not want to be of those that give up, that give in to the weariness and the frustration. But we want to be men and women of faith that we can endure the process and we can embrace the prize. That we can go through the things that you allow us to go through, but we're not going to lose our joy. We're not going to waver in our commitment. We're going to praise you even in the midnight hour. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement we get from this background look of the birthing of this church of Philippi. And Lord, we ask you to help us to do the things in our lives that will keep us spiritually hydrated that will keep us spiritually healthy and vibrant, being able to endure, being able to deal, being able to keep that joy. And Lord, we pray that you would help us. Lord, help us to be able to identify things that might be causing us to really break through. Help us, Lord, to be honest. And to be able to identify the things that tend to trip us up. And to be really um, an entanglement for our lives. Lord, give us the courage and the honesty to be able to confess them and address them and identify them. That by your grace, we can overcome them. Lord, we don't want these things tripping us up anymore. We don't want these things always setting us back after we've made some good progress. So, Lord, help us to be honest, but give us the grace we need to solely face these things and overcome them once and for all in the name of Jesus. Father, bless your dear ones. Let this be a week of rejoicing. Let this be a week of seeking you with all their heart and all their strength. Speak to them, Lord. Make your word clear to them, Lord, and grant each hungry and thirsty soul a fresh impartation of divine life in the name of Jesus and all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great week. Don't forget the offering plates in the back. Watch your distancing as you go, and we'll see you on Sunday.